easy. It got quiet all of a sudden. I'm, ner- <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm kind of it's feel starting. Like I'm it's starting. Yeah, and it at first coffee. A butt first coffee is the name of is the um butt first coffee is but the <laughs> not not butt as in OCD the other butt <laughs> butt first coffee. One T, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one T, one T. <laughs> but I want oh, we're sponsored by uh, Big Booty Weekly magazine. <laughs> <laughs> but first coffee. But first you know that's gonna be in the hood. Yeah, that, that, you, gotta, Real soon. you gotta walk backwards yeah, and drink it. <laughs> this is Diana from the podcast Curly and Kansai. You are now listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. All right, so welcome to this special edition of the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast, presented by On One. And yeah, first we would like to thank On One. Absolutely. For, yeah, featuring us. Showing us some love, baby. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. You're doing all the work. <laughs> we just set up the table. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> oh, also, we'd like to thank the people that are here. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful audience. Once again, thanks for coming out. Love it. Supporting. And our, our venue host as well. Yes. Oh, venue ABC host. ABC Coffee Club. ABC thank Coffee you. Club. Thank you. Shout out yes. to Alvin. Alvin. All right. All right. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you guys for coming through. Um, we're on one. We, we try to bring together the creative entrepreneur community. And that's basically just people trying to do things and uh, outside of just passion, you know, create some yes. uh, sustainability with their with their projects. And um, that's, you know, what you guys are about, too. So we're super excited to, to connect. I feel like I'm amongst the stars now because I've listened to you guys for a while. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited just as a from an audience point of view. So, so thank it. thank you guys for coming out coming out of the the man cave. Oh yeah, I don't know how that that sounds kind of weird. I don't know. Man cave. It's a mobile man out. cave. It's a mobile yeah. man cave. Yeah, yes. we're always moving. That fixes it. That's quick. Moving hey, but hey, we're all inclusive. That's we, right. We invite everybody in the man That's cave. That's right. Yeah, don't so, matter where you're yeah. from, yeah. race, gender. We just call it a man cave. But you know. Yeah. We got female energy. It's a, it's a, yeah. a human cave, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a human. Yeah. I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I might change that to the human yeah. cave. That's that's free. That's the first one you get for free. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll leave it to you guys. We have an, an amazing uh, guest guest panel. I mean, what's yes, on, yes. So we have two special guests here. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Actually, they've been on the podcast a while back. Yeah. Um, we, you know, they're friends of the podcast, and we've known them for some some time now, right? So I'll let them. We like to let people do their own self-introduction. So right. um, excellent. I'll, I'll take it off. Uh, let, let you guys uh, take over from here. I'm okay. Go yeah, 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 yeah. Behind the camera and where I belong. I <laughs> <laughs> right, guess. All, All right. right. So uh, yeah, introduce yourselves. Uh, age before beauty. Oh lord. <laughs> All right. That means go. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little closer. To no me? respect your elders and all. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> all right. What's up, everybody? My name is Brooklyn Terry. Uh, <laughs> always Brooklyn's in the house. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> from the name, uh, I guess you can tell where I'm from. Uh, born and raised. I'm not a hipster, <laughs> but I'm pretty hip. Uh, I first and foremost, I'm a dancer. I travel the world dancing. I've been doing that since I was 19. It's a long time ago. Um, I moved to Japan about 14 years ago because women make you do crazy shit. 
No. Oh. <laughs> so you answered one of my questions already. Yeah. <laughs> that was coming. <laughs> uh, I don't actually consider myself an entrepreneur, strangely enough. I'm just a person that does the shit that he likes to do. You know. Isn't that uh, what an entrepreneur is? No, I think kind entre- of doing what they want to do. I guess so, but you know, for me, entrepreneur is always kind of like kind of a nose in the air type of thing. Like I'm going to do this thing. So you're not in the titles. Going to make money from this particular thing. And I okay. never jump into anything with the first idea of making money from it. Okay. So I jump into things because I love to do it. And Same for I, us. If yeah. I make money from it, then I make money from it. You know, that's why I never think of myself as an entrepreneur. Okay. Because that's not my first goal. Um, what else? What else do you want to know? Oh, well, just a brief yeah, introduction. Yeah, We're going to get more into... Okay. That yeah. was brief. Brief. Um, you want to kind of talk about Speakeasy? Oh, yeah, yeah, Speakeasy while we're on the... <laughs> Hi, I threw a really nice party called Speakeasy. Uh, the next party is May 5th in Machida at Machida, Machida Shibahiro. Uh, we'll be having DJ Mudo, Mark the Clive Lowe, myself, DJ Sarasa. Uh, because it's Kids Day, we're going to have this really beautiful young lady she's eight years old and she's gonna play with her dad she's gonna dj with her dad that should be kind of cool and we have this uh really cool collective called kids in motion and we're throwing a nice a fun little kids dj like disco party in the beginning for the first two hours there's gonna be food trucks and lots of good food and there's gonna be beer okay yeah but I, I think because I think when there's kids running around, adults need beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Brooklyn Terry's being a little modest, man. I, I would like to add a little bit to the Speakeasy. Speakeasy is a very dope event. It, to me, it's the best party in Tokyo, right? Best dance party. I can agree. Can you agree? Yes. Okay. Damn. So. Uh, I'm not I, allowed I just, to say that. <laughs> it's my party. I'm not allowed to say that. It, it's better for somebody else to say of it. Of course. you to say it yourself. I just wanted to add a little more to it. Um, I, I really like the vibe there. Uh, people from all walks of life, all cultures, ethnicities, um, and they're just dancing. And, and, you know, the thing about, I like dancing, right? And I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a good dancer, but I don't think you have to be a good dancer to enjoy it, right? It's just really about the music and you being in your zone and having a good time. So with a lot of dance parties, a lot of people don't dance. You know, I, I go to a lot of dance yeah. clubs and people don't dance. But when you're at Speakeasy, a lot of people are dancing. You know, people are break dancing, people are doing house dance, whatever type of dance, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's a, it's, it's, um, it's a party where you can let go of all the false BS and just celebrate. Yeah. That I the reason I made the party is because I was homesick. I missed block parties in New York City. I'm mm. from the generation where people got together and people just party. But when I moved when I moved to Japan, I noticed that people always needed to have some kind of merit to go out. Mm. You know, they weren't going out to celebrate, to shake off the week, to shake off the month. They were just going out because they had to go and say hi to their senpai who was DJing that night. And that crap annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to do something different that I felt at home at. 
Oh, okay. And you said block parties. Can you tell people where the block party is? Because, I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, so I, I know where the block party is. Y'all don't know what block parties are? I'm from the country. We just do the, Let we me just apologize do the parties in the pastor right and shit. Now. Okay, so a block party is when your block committee, the committee of your block, the it's like the mayor of your block, like the whole committee gets together and they decide one day of the summer to shut the street off from front to back. And... There's a, okay, just so you know, on every single block in New York City, somebody is a DJ. <laughs> somebody, and it's probably more than one. So whoever the DJ is or the DJs are, they bring their equipment outside, lots of extension cords so it can reach the inside of their building to the outside. They plug in their system and they play music. And it's really that simple. And people come and they party. And if you drive down the main, one main street, let's say if you drive down Flatbush Avenue, if you drive down an avenue, every other block has a block party on it because that's how they do it. And then the next week they'll switch over. And you could go in the summertime from street to street, party to party, eating barbecue, dancing and having fun. And it was pure, every Saturday in the summer, pure celebration. And I missed that, you know, and I felt like, why not do it here? So I did it here. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, we're going to get back into Speakeasy. Um, we want our other guests to introduce himself. So. Oh, I'm beauty. intrigued by this. Um, my name is David Whitaker. Um, I am co-owner of Soul Food House in Azubujuban. And I guess I feel kind of like you. Not entrepreneur, but not title wise because we did it because my mic must be low all right (laughs) i'm gonna eat the microphone (laughs) we did it because one my wife missed different foods when she was pregnant and people just need that connection to a home so we threw thanksgiving parties for a decade at our house and it got to like 200 people Shoes hanging out the gink on. <laughs> One year, somebody moved the party to their house, like literally cleaned our kitchen, told everybody, all right, we going to my house. We're like, yeah, this, they said this doesn't happen in Japan. Cool, let's go. <laughs> but yeah, we do soul food and... I make music. We do music at the restaurant. My wife does gospel. Other employees are musicians. And we just want to take care of folks. Great. So, so and, uh, David, uh, could you explain to people what soul food is or what does it mean? Explaining it is more difficult than... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why are you chiming in for <laughs> Soul food is the experience of having food that either you grew up with or that brings you comfort when you're away from home or when you're at home that is from your tradition or somebody you knew tradition that makes you feel at peace or a sense of joy or brings a memory back. It's comfort food. Yeah, it's comfort food in a way that a lot of supposed comfort food now is not. 
Okay. Oh. For the Japanese audience, I think Japanese soul food is nikujaga. Nikujaga. nikujaga I'd say nabe. Nabe. Na- yeah, nabe. Yeah, nabe. Yeah, nabe, nabe too. Yeah, nabe is. That's. Well, I have a story about soul food house, right? My first experience, and uh, it was a weekday. Uh, my wife was working late, so and I've, I've been wa- I had been wanting to go, so I just said, you know what, I'm just go today, and. I went up there, entered the place, and it was packed. It was packed that night. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll get a bar seat, you know, wait for a bar seat. And then um, a brother, who's a friend now, Henry Moreland Sills. Shout out to Henry. Um, I remember that night. You remember that night? Yeah. So he was eating with his family. He had a table. And there was no other tables left. And I was waiting on a bar seat, a bar, you know, a seat at the bar. And... He looked over and he's like, are you with anybody? And I was just like, no, nah, I'm by myself. And he was like, just come over, eat with us, eat with my family. And I was just like, wow. You know, and, and so it, that, I'll always remember that. And that was pretty, pretty much for me, that's the difference between Soul Food, well, his, his place and every other place in Tokyo. It's just very, um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem, bro. Yeah, it's just a very cool place. It reminds you of home, you know. Um, you know, his wife is in there, and him and his wife are uh, working hard. They have, you know, they have a staff as well, but they're, they're moving around, and they're, they're just servicing people, yeah. man, and, yeah. and doing what they love and playing music, and his son is running around, and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just unconventional for, like, a, a restaurant, but it's a, it makes you feel um, at home. Especially for um, coming from um, the culture that we're from, right? Yeah, and also one of the things about you know a soul food environment is like I grew up in the South, right? And I grew up in the sticks, in the country, you know, where you got cows, horses, pigs, and everything. And uh, shout out to the cows, horses, and pigs who have to be uh, victims of my grandfather's butcher knife. Uh, but anyway, um, you know. My in that environment, you know, where they so, have yeah. all the chicken, cornbread, greens, and everything, uh, in that environment, you could be a stranger, and you could just show up, and people say, come on in and grab a plate. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, that's the community that I feel at David's place. But one exception that David has, see, when I grew up, I only knew black people that cooked soul food. But when we talked with David, he's got people from all parts of the world cooking soul food. So, hey, can you run that down? I mean... Where did they get their training? I mean, did, did, you know, because oh, it wife takes is a, a certain master touch. trainer. Oh, <laughs> my wife is a master trainer. So one of our chefs is Japanese, the other one is Finnish, and they get down because it's their connection to the food and wanting to serve people. So the Japanese chef, he's like got his chef's license and all that. He came with our partner. When we opened the place, the Finnish chef, he wanted to originally make bread for us. And like, like, okay, you want a job? Yeah. So he started working as to as a cook. But originally, he just wanted to make bread for our restaurant. But his passion for food is, yeah. He calls himself the quiche master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 
So, so yeah, because it's just, you know, the food is amazing and everything. And it reminds you of being from the South, you know, with the ingredients, with the spices and the ham hocks and all this, that and the other. And I just couldn't imagine it being cooked by a person other than a black person. And then when David told me that, I was like, wait, you got you got white folks and Japanese People cooking chitlins and <laughs> you know, but I, I'll give you my experience, and uh, it was kind of a funny one because I went to a soul food joint back. I came over here in 1980, and I was in the Navy on the USS Midway. Wow! And so they had a soul food joint. Um, in Japan, so uh, I played with the football team, the Yokosuka Seahawks. So after practice, they say, "Hey, man, let's go to the soul food place." And I say, "Well, you got a soul food joint in Japan? What they got? You know, some chicken fried sushi or some shit, some, <laughs> some, some, some barbecue spare rib ramen or some shit. You know? And what they got over here? You know, it's like they ain't got no soul food over here. So he took me to the soul food restaurant, and the food was amazing, right?" I mean, it was off the chain. It was just like my grandma cooked it. So I got drunk off of some Akadama wine. Now, that's it. You, you Japanese people, you know, y'all people here in Japan know about Akadama wine? I know you You guys taste, uh, you know, you guys got that high taste, you know? Because that's some 500-yen bottle of wine, that cheap shit makes you drunk, right? <laughs> so we used to call it Akadam food once you had a couple of glasses, right? So I'm drinking this wine, and I'm drunk as a motherfucker, right? And so I said, man, who cooked this shit? I said, girl, bring your black ass from back there because I knew it had to be a black woman cooking. I was drunk, you know, so I ain't mean to be disrespectful, but you know, when you're drunk, <laughs> shit comes out, right? So I say, girl, bring your sweet black ass from back here and give me some love for cooking this chick. I mean, god damn, this shit good. I'm chilling. And it was a little Japanese woman that came from out there. <laughs> and my, I lost my drunk. <laughs> After two bottles of Akadam food, wine, Akadama. Yeah. I lost my drunk. I sobered. I said, you cook this? And so, you know, because her husband's from Louisiana, which I happen to be from Louisiana, and he told her how to cook soul food. So what it tells me is, is that um, we're all, let's say, one. If you could teach a person of any race to cook your delicacy, you know what I'm saying? It's still soul food. So, you know, chicken fried yakisoba, fuck <laughs> you know, put some sushi in that cornbread, I don't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? Inspiring but soul food house <laughs> is off the chain. So Now, David, your journey to Japan, can you talk about that a little bit? Because uh, prior to soul food house, you were on a different uh, path or mission, right? It, it kind of isn't, isn't a different path now, but okay. we came as missionaries. Okay. And... When we got here, we learned that our the organization that we were supposed to be going with who said, go, go, we'll finish your paperwork when you get there. Lost our paperwork. <laughs> wow. So we had to get regular jobs. And the first Thanksgiving, like we got here in August 2005. By October, my wife had a job with Burlitz. And our friends were like, Thanksgiving is coming up. Are you going to do a Thanksgiving party? Like, we got a lot to be thankful for. Yes. Yes, <laughs> we're going to do Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And we did turkey and all the regular stuff and invited everybody that we knew that we met in Japan. So our church, our friend who's a pastor, made sure to get that we had a house and we didn't have money, so he paid the deposit and all that. And 
the church members furnished the place, basically. And I started doing open mics in Shibuya. So people I met from the music side, I invited them, invited people from the church, people we met on the train in the community. We invited all of them about, it's a debatable number, but my wife says 40 people. I say about 70 people came to our first Thanksgiving. And the next year we did it again. And we just started sending out invitations till more and more people started coming. Were there a lot of Japanese? It was increasingly more Japanese and people that, even if they left Japan, they told people about the Thanksgiving party. So they were like sending emails. Yeah, my friend moved back to the States, but he said, you all have a Thanksgiving party. (laughs) And can I come? Sure. Yeah. Um, can, Can I, I bring, bring my family? <laughs> sure. And they want to bring some friends too. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Do I need to bring anything? Bring what? Bring whatever you want. Yeah. You can bring some extra food. We're cooking, but bring some food. Bring some drinks. And your house next to Cleveland. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Me too. You know, he yeah. he he has the type of. I think you know David has a really good heart, and he just accepts everybody, man. No matter who you are. And uh, yeah, I, I everybody need love. Yes, <laughs> everybody need love. That's true. Yeah. That's so, true. is it true that you know? I guess we could we could create world peace and bridge the world together. Music, through food, music, at one music, good ta- food. one good table with some good music playing. Yes. Mm. Music, dance, food. But I could, I could see you guys working together. See, I could go to David's place and eat my ass off and get full. Then I got to go to his party no, and brother, dance that, that shit off. Opposite no, you, you would you, have yeah. to wake up yeah. first. Exactly. <laughs> if you go to David's place, you're going to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You go to the bathroom. What black people call the itis. The itis. <laughs> the itis is when you get eat a big-ass meal. And you do like that lion do. You know, you ever watch National Geographic after that lion just finished eating? And you could go take a selfie with him. See, if you want to take a selfie with a lion, uh, wait till after they eat. Because <laughs> they won't eat you. <laughs> but do not take my advice, because if your ass get ate, <laughs> I'm just going to laugh at you for being stupid. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, so you're saying I should go to your party and dance and build up an appetite. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's the That's perfect how you combination. That's and how you then go to your place. And then after that, go to sleep. Yes. yes. That's not at my this, place. Not at your place. This is not the bloom back. Oh, okay, not the okay. boom dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's there's what's a, up, bro. There's a universal truth. I've noticed traveling around the world that there's always three things that bring people together. Music, dance, and food. Mm. Yes. All around this planet, I don't care what culture you're from, music, dance, and food, or at least two of the three of yes. them. Yeah, because some folks can't dance. Because some folks, I mean, they're a little shy, (laughs) they don't want to dance, but those things always bring people together. Music, dance, I mean, a little alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Alcohol doesn't help at all. I mean, it doesn't hurt at all. (laughs) So let's. uh, Speaking of alcohol, uh, I like to thank y'all for this beer, but since I'm driving in Japan, I do not want to pay $5,000. For, for uh, a DUI, and he would have to pay $5,000 for letting my ass drink and driving with me. <laughs> so I'm going to pass this beer on to him. Pass, pass, pass. 
by like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that does not need to go to waste. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about entrepreneurship a little bit. Uh, you know, both of you guys, whether you want to call yourselves entrepreneurs or not, um, you are an entrepreneur. I'll <laughs> accept least, least it. It's opinion. just the train of thought. <laughs> yeah, is different. I get it. I get it. So uh, take us take us on that 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 journey. What? Why did you want to become an entrepreneur? Um, well, uh, running your own <laughs> business. Come on, man. Um, he just told necessity. me he wasn't no entrepreneur. Necessity. Man. Yeah. Ne- for me, it was yeah necessity. 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 Got to make okay. money. Got to make money. No. But the, he, he, just, he the, just said that he wasn't about to. So yeah. The money is the last thing on our minds yeah. when we're trying to take care of folks and get people to enjoy themselves. <laughs> okay. So All you're right. taking care of people <laughs> and, 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 you know, you're helping, you're helping people enjoy themselves. But what, why, what, what makes you go to that next step of, of making it a business, of turning it into a business well, that you have to run and, and manage? It's pay taxes and shit. Because uh, <laughs> if you want to, for me... On the dance side, not even speakeasy on the dance side. Because I travel and I teach people the dance. I teach people the culture through music and dance. So if I want to continue to do that, then I have to have a way to sustain myself and to sustain my family. So I have to get paid in order to be able to travel and to teach the way I do and to spread the culture the correct way. So that's, I guess, the reason that I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, and through Speakeasy, it's almost the same thing. Like I said, I was homesick, but I also kind of find Speakeasy as this, uh, me teaching people my culture through music and dance. And and in order to sustain that, <laughs> to eat, some somehow I need to make a little bit of money. With Speakeasy, I don't make any money, just so you know. Really? That's your Thanksgiving party. That's my Thanksgiving party for real. We didn't charge people for our Thanksgiving party. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. So that's. You but know, you, you, you do have a dance studio. I do own a dance studio. And okay. uh, the dance studio is seen the same way as when I travel. I teach people my culture through music and dance. Cool. And in order to do that, I have to eat and feed my children. Gotcha. <laughs> that's kind of important. So yeah. that's why I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. I never, not like a tech entrepreneur, I'm going to do this and I know this can make millions of dollars. I never had that train of thought. Okay. Mine has always been like, oh, this is fun. Let's do it. You know, yeah. that simple. Okay. So tell us about some of the, the initial challenges and ongoing challenges of running a business. As a soul food restaurant, Folks don't know what your food is. (laughs) Thus, finding a space and explaining it to a building owner or a real estate agent, if it's something formatted, French, Chinese, Italian, Mexican even, they can go, oh, cool, yeah. I can give you a space for that. You say, it's soul food. They're like, Nani, Nani James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't even associate the music with it. Mm. Like, okay. if you say American food, they're like, hamburgers. cool, hamburgers, hamburgers and steaks. No. Hot dogs? No. You got to say black <laughs> American food. What's that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they literally look at you blank face and go, <laughs> I don't know what you want to do. I... I you're American, cool. I don't know. Yeah. 
So educating people on what the food is was the first challenge and struggle. The Our first attempt at trying to open a music cafe, people didn't want to rent to foreigners. Okay. Well, then we were stupid. We thought we could get it done in a couple of months. I had no business experience and didn't realize how much paperwork there was yes. <laughs> involved in opening a place, especially when there's food and different things necessary. Yeah. And building a place from scratch is super which is, expensive. Yeah, which is, <laughs> I think it's common that foreigners face discrimination, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, when they're trying to uh, find some find a place yeah and it's just life yeah so <laughs> um, my thinking is is that if you would have bought him a plate of food <laughs> and got him full maybe he would have said yes stamp <laughs> maybe but still it's you it has to get to a point where you know there's going to be a customer base mm. okay that is set to what you want to do. So from the time we started trying to open a music cafe to the point when we opened Soul Food House, we did cooking classes, catering, some TV stuff, magazines, and he just said that easy like some TV stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> magazines. In fact, no, in fact, when we had him on the, the podcast, music. he was getting calls from NHK. I remember that. I was mm -hmm. like, all right. But yeah. Go ahead, Check continue. out Ego de Asobo, Latanya's Funky, cook, <laughs> yes, funky we, we, Cooking yeah, Show. Yeah, we're going to get into that. His wife has a cooking show on, on wow. NHK, right? Yeah. But yeah. You, guys yeah. Are, you guys got to try some soul food. But anyway, it's, back to your it's story. It's the things though. that KFC you have to do to educate food. the people. So, like, it's not an easy process like other food. You have to, like, bring the full education of it, even down to cultural background and why some food is made a certain way so that people understand. And then from that point, you also have to set it to a balanced taste so that Japanese folks eat it and enjoy it. Foreign folks eat it and enjoy it. It's not just magically, ta-da, it's yeah. here, eat. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge for you. Um, How about yourself? Uh, well, on the dance, dance, dance side, I didn't, honestly, I didn't have any challenges because I, my uh, dance history is pretty deep. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Speak out. So if you watch television and you see lots of pop groups in Japan dancing on stage, if they do hip hop or if they do house, they learn from me and my crew. Like, flat out okay that flat out the entire uh hip-hop dance house dance come from me and my crew so talk about That's your crew a little bit yeah big thing uh my crew's name is elite force uh we were a crew before the crew ever had a name but the name got started on the set of michael jackson's remember the time video that was in 92 and i was still in high school so i didn't get to go to that shoot because my mother told me that I don't care if Jesus Christ is shooting a video, you're gonna finish high school. <laughs> <laughs> so my crew members choreographed and danced in that video, Remember the Time, and we went on to do 
Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Will Smith, Boys to Men, and the list keeps going. In Japan, we taught people like Sam from TRF and um, the original members from Exile are also some of our students. So literally the entire hip-hop and house dance scene in Japan was born through our crew. Okay. So with dance, ching ching, <laughs> ching, ching, ching. I usually right I there. usually don't say that. Just so you know, I mm. really don't even mention it, and that they, these guys can tell you I don't say it. Yes. Um, that's so, where all that damn money's coming from. He's <laughs> <laughs> just being modest. I wish. I honestly wish that that was the Rich case. Rich bitch. <laughs> I wish that that was the case, but it's just not. Um. So with the dance, it wasn't a challenge. It wasn't much of a challenge at all because I have a name. So it was easy to build my studio. And I wanted, me and my wife wanted to build something local. My wife is also a dancer and she's also a G in the industry as well. So we wanted to build something local, something small that we could sustain ourselves. And that's it. Like no big, super risky dance studio in the middle of Tokyo because they fail quickly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are in the red, to be honest. Um, so the challenge wasn't there. The challenge was more cultural. Mm. The challenge was cultural. Like here, everything is um, the idea in school is you finish school, go to college and you find a good job at a good company. So. Everyone here, if, even if they have an idea, many people don't act upon their idea because they want to be safe. I have never lived a life of safety or known what safety was because of where I'm from. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. And people would look at me like, how? You can't do that. And I heard that you can't do that a million times, even with Speakeasy. So the problem wasn't with yeah doing the studio. The problem came with people telling me that I couldn't do it that it wasn't possible and people would some people wouldn't support me because they honestly thought that it wasn't possible oh yeah and that happened for years but through persistent i ended up making speakeasy to me and my partner and my crew like man it's not me alone by far dj sarasa and the rest of my speakeasy crew helped to bring this thing to where it is now um so yeah most of my challenges have been more cultural than mm. economic challenges, you know. Okay, mm. cool, cool, man. Uh, so, where do you where do you see Speakeasy in in the next few years? Um, wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, I see it. Well, right now, the last Speakeasy we had eight hundred and seventeen people, and I missed that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed it too. The last yeah. easy, we too. had 817 people. So I cannot tell you where I see it going yeah. because it's getting to the point where it's out of my hands now. Really? All I do is coordinate it, make everything click, put it together, and mm-hmm. say, hey, guys, there's a speakeasy over here. And then people come. Okay. So I don't want to try to predict where it's going because even when I DJ... I don't make a playlist and say, I'm going to play this music. I follow my audience. So what my audience wants is where I'm going to go, yeah. as long as they're not too chatty. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't do China. It's what my audience wants is because at the end of the day, we make the party for them. Okay. We don't make the party for us anymore. You know, it's for them now. Tokyo Dome, yo. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I, I wanted to ask you, too, how do you uh, go about, like, as far as, like, marketing and getting your event out there? Like, how, how do you go about, what is your um, so I'm, tactics uh, for? I'm um, in my mid to late 40s now. So, baby, baby, baby. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, for you. Because, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's, a, a, there's, a, there's a lot of competition. I ain't using Viagra yet, y'all, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th- there's a lot of competition in Tokyo. You know, Tokyo's a big city. There's a lot of different parties going on. The thing, first things first. How did Speakeasy become Speakeasy? Never pay attention to competition because that just pulls you back. Right. Got you. Right? If you're looking back. You're going to yeah. slow down, right? So yeah. I first thing, I'll look back. <laughs> um, I don't see other parties and other events as competition. Okay. But the thing that we did that set us aside is, one, we made the party free. Making a free event changes mm. everyone's idea from the moment they walk into the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if the party is free, when you walk in the door, you're not thinking economics. You're not thinking shit, I just spent 3,000 yen to get in the party. You're thinking, I'm going to spend that 3,000 yen I would have spent and buy a beer. (laughs) Right? Sponsors like that, by the way. So um, the next thing is the, the when we do it. We do it on the first Sunday of every month. Sunday afternoon, evening, and night. There are no parties at that time. You know, and there are still there's still a huge audience of people that want to go out and party and bring their kids and family and still be able to function at work the following day. We provide that service. And the third thing we provide is venue. We somehow get into the coolest damn yeah. places all around Japan. Awesome. I mean, all around awesome Tokyo. Right? Koi was awesome. Like, Koi is great. That's our home base now. Koi, uh, Koi, the hotel in Shibuya is our home base. That made me feel like a block party. Yeah. I'm like, everybody's just looking from the outside. I'm like, y'all on the great. wrong side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we last, the last party, the last two parties were at uh, Plus Tokyo. Okay. No one, like, we don't know how we get these places. We've done parties, and we're doing another party in Yokohama at Zonohana, and we have a boat party from Zonohana while we have the party inside the Zonohana Cafe. What? A boat? On a boat. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Any, any, our, any people be falling overboard? Yeah, the last party was... Uh, Y'all got lifeguards? The, the last boat party was sponsored by Bacardi, so we didn't let kids on the boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okasan! <laughs> yeah. No, we don't yeah. want any lawsuits. So, so you've, um, you've had a... It hasn't been hard getting sponsors for Speakeasy? Um, in the beginning, yes, it was. In okay. the beginning, yes, it was. Uh, at first, I had... Uh, I was sponsored by Reebok, but I was sponsored as Brooklyn Terry, sponsored by Reebok on some dancing thing. Then I parlayed that sponsorship to Speakeasy in the beginning, and we threw the Speakeasy Park Jam, and that was at, uh, where is it? Odaiba, on the roof at the skate park, on the roof. Um, We had DJ Scratch from EPND, and it was a free party, 
and we had a thousand people that day. Wow. So from that day, that was the, and we had already been doing it for a year before that with no sponsorship at all. So from that day, that was the spark that made everything go. And because other smaller sponsors saw what we could do with Reebok, you know, people slowly came on board. There was nothing mm. big. There's no big money. Okay. But there's a little bit here and mm. there, just enough to keep us sustained so we can make it to the next month. Mm. And then we did Netflix. The um, Really? Yeah, we did the Netflix okay. release party for mm. the mm. Get Down. Oh. And that money sustained us for two years. Wow. <laughs> but no one's, mind you, no one's getting paid. It's just making... Yes. possible to keep doing the to party. To keep it sustaining, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, we're not making any money. We're just, all right, we're going to use this to throw more parties and keep it going. And then uh, we got connected to BrewDog, the beer company, and they are riders. Like, they are super strong on our side. Uh, the head of marketing, her name is Sarah, and she's from Ireland. Ireland okay. in the house. Ireland in the house. She uh, she worked for Bacardi before, and she said that she's been following Speakeasy since day one. Since Ooh. day one. So that, for me, was absolute proof that if you do something and you do it well, like just, just do whatever you do well because you never know who's watching. You know what I mean? From day one, she loves Speakeasy, so she was just like, you don't even have to explain to me what it is. We want to be down because I already know what it is. And then from then, we're... We're here where we are right now. A little look of the That's Irish awesome. there. <laughs> a little look of the Irish. <laughs> a little look of the Irish. Yeah. And how about for Word. yourself, David? Um, what um, what have you done to um, make Soulful House successful? I mean, obviously, you you got TV shows. You've been featured in newspapers, and yeah, like what? How, how did you go about that? Taking care of people. <laughs> Taking care of people. Okay. Uh, when we started, we didn't have money, so word of mouth was the strongest advocate and marketing tool for us. So, making good food, making sure folks are taken care of, made the word go out. Listening to the customers, what they wanted, making those changes, taking care of more customers, and then David Chang found us and. And who's David? I'm sorry, I'm not. Who's David Chang? That's what I had to look up. (laughs) No, like he did Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Okay. Oh. But he's got like a food empire in New York. But his food empire started after we moved to Japan. So I didn't know who he was. But their production team called, yeah, this chef wants to do. An interview with you for a Netflix documentary. Okay. Wow. His name is David Chang, and he's been to Japan before. I'm like, cool. <laughs> All right, so what day is it? Okay. <laughs> we'll be ready. All right. Who is David Chang? <laughs> and, like, we did the interview, thought nothing of it mm-hmm. after it. They're like... Yeah, don't tell anybody about it because the series isn't out yet. And then like a month before, they followed me on Instagram. And they didn't have a name of the show at the time. So, I'm like, I always check who's following me on Instagram. Like, what's Ugly ugly Delicious? Netflix series. 
Is this what we're on? <laughs> <laughs> the show dropped and like folks were coming from all over the world. Really? Wow. It's like So that was a ooh, huge boost. Hey. Yeah. That's it's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody brought Dave Chappelle when he was here. Yeah. No. <laughs> nobody brought I'm Dave Chappelle a by. Damn shame. about um, that. That's whack. I wasn't in town. I'd have been like, Dave. He performed on one of our clothes. Though you never know. You know, brothers is getting old. Vegan. vegan. He's Muslim, but he's not a vegan. Oh, he's no vegan. So, so I guess that that brought a lot of people in right after that. Yeah. So, I still count that as word of mouth. Yes. Cause that's a big mouth, though. That's a big mouth. (laughs) That's a big ass mouth. Like he said, this is cool, and folks are like. Yeah, I'm on a David Chang tour, so your place is on the stop. There's a couple pizza places, wow. and I'm coming to your place. And then the military, they've always been there, just gradually trickling in until like the wives get there, and they're like, yeah, when my husband gets back, we come in here. And then folks come in, they're like, this is good. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> Tell everybody. We I'm like... Everybody. <laughs> Don't worry, there's somebody else on your base that's already spreading the word. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell everybody. What you so tell you don't me. you don't spend like, do you spend a lot of money on advertising? Not really. No, I spend money on taking care of customers. Okay. That's what's nice. up. Nice. Yeah. Like the marketing of soul food is not and how far you can blast what you have, but how well you can take care of people. Yeah. If you can take care of people, they will blast you all over the universe. And you'll have folks coming from you don't know where and you don't know why to they're like, yeah, somebody suggested that I come here because I said I was coming to Japan. Yeah. Wow. I, I was mean, telling everybody, I'll raise my hand. When I went there, I was, as we say down south, we don't say everybody. We like to shorten words. So I was telling everybody, <laughs> like, take y'all ass to Soul Food House. And Tanya, his wife, Tanya, totally awesome. After that meal, she's going to give you a hug of all hugs. She is the talker and <laughs> oh. the, the full face. Me, I'm, yeah, I make drinks and I talk to people every now and again, but. Yeah, she's the face. <laughs> and his son? Oh, no. Energy. character. He's the billboard. Yeah, he's the character. <laughs> he is totally the billboard. Awesome. Yeah. His thing now is, where's my Soul Food House shirt? Oh. He go to school wearing his Soul Food House shirt. He'll go to sleep in it, expect that he's still supposed to be wearing his Soul Food House shirt to school tomorrow. I'm like, your shirt's dirty, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be washed before you can wear it. Speaking of Soul Food House shirt, you got a 4XL for a brother? Let me check and see if it can All be right. made. All you right, because I'll wear it. I'll advertise it. So, so one thing I wanted in the mobile man cave. You know? One thing I wanted to, I didn't want to forget to ask you guys is, okay, so, you know, Soul Food, dance, this is obviously from your culture, right? Mm-hmm. Black culture, black American culture. Um, how do you feel to be able to share your culture with uh, people in the community that are not of the culture, ooh, ooh, ooh. and 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 also and also make it a, a, a viable business and, uh, for yourselves? So, how, how do you feel about that? You want to take? You want me to take I'm it? Dying to answer that question. Do it. <laughs> At first, I was conflicted. Okay. Right, because um, I don't know if you know. 
black culture is abused a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. So okay. I was really conflicted in the beginning. Okay. Um, I didn't want to be seen as a clown or as um shucking and jiving and shuffling or anything. So when I come, I come really serious. And I always, you know, when I teach dance, the first thing I tell my students is, this is a people's culture. And behind cultures, there are always people. So respect the culture and you respect the people. Mm. So they understand where it comes from. Um, so when I put that out there directly, I feel better about teaching. That's why I don't teach from the commercial side mm. of it. I teach strictly from the cultural side of it because there's lots of commercial, just like there's lots of commercial soul food, KFC. But it's very, very little. I don't count that. (laughs) You don't, (laughs) but they do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the same thing on the dance side. Like I don't count a lot of the crap I see as what we do, but uh, apparently they do. So when I come through the door and you know where I'm coming from, uh, you're kind of forced into this place of accepting it from a co- cultural point of view, then I'm fine with it. But I cannot just walk in the door and be like, hey, guys, we're going to dance, you know, because that'll piss me off. You know what I mean? And even uh, if you come to Speakeasy, the music that we play is still, you'll hear everything from like serious jazz, like serious jazz up to trap because we want to take you through a journey of the culture we want you to understand that this music and this feeling is a cultural feeling and it's all connected we're all here together enjoying this culture let's enjoy it as a culture so that makes me feel okay but there are some places i teach and i'm like ooh, lord i gotta get out of here (laughs) (laughs) how about yourself david it is an honor to diffuse people's mindsets Yeah, of, one, everything being so serious or nondescript about American food, for one, because, one, I'm not putting a hamburger on my menu. Why? I'm just joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because there's so many good hamburger spots out here. I'm not, like, like you said. I'm not looking at competition. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to do a hamburger because there's so much other food that's worth eating. Mm. Yo, Terry. Yo, uh, Terry. How about a soul food hamburger? Mm, mm. Chicken. Don't a soul play. burger. <laughs> don't play. I'll do a chicken and waffle sandwich before I do a hamburger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like explaining to people, the people actually want to know the culture of the food. Like, we have a manga that's been made that explains where soul food came from that's up in the restaurant, and it's been published in a magazine and a manga because, like, they went on a series in Courier Magazine where they were finding restaurants that represented the cultures of different countries, and... At the end, they put them all together in a manga for like the Tokyo international food scene based on culture. And we represent America, like explaining what the food culture is. So it's an honor to take people out of their standard box of what 
American food is, what soul food, what Cajun, Tex-Mex, all of that is and should be, and make it relatable to family and home and eating well and enjoying themselves rather than come in, sit down, eat, move. Yeah. Next, come in, sit down, eat, move. You're eating too slow. <laughs> you need to hurry up. No, it's like, ooh, that person's taking a while, but they're enjoying themselves. I'm good with that. Yeah. Now, for, for our audience out there um, who might not know where it comes from, can you both can both of you guys give a very short uh, version of where soul food comes from and where hip hop house comes from? Okay. All right. Soul food. I'm from the South. My parents are from the South. So for me, soul food comes from slave culture, farm culture, and it was the leftovers. It was the things that the people with money didn't want that you had to eat, that you improved and you made better and you made it to the way that you would enjoy it. And then the people with money wanted to eat it. Yes, yes, and yes. they wanted to take your idea and make a lot of money off of it, <laughs> and not leave you shit. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of not it. Not my words. White, white not people my words. back home didn't eat chitlins, and then they say, "Man, them chitlins is uh, making a lot of money. We'll take the money. We won't eat the chitlins, but we'll make the money off of it, and we won't give credit to the people who actually made it that way." But anyway, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Getting fired up now. But like, once you get down to soul food. You can find it all over the world in different cultures, the exact same food prepared slightly different. And when I say slightly, very slightly. Somebody used pepper, somebody didn't. Somebody used a little bit of sugar, somebody chose to do something else. There's what? Chimaki versus... Uh, what are they in... Mexican culture. Tamales. Tamales. Like, all all over the world, you'll see things that are wrapped and cooked and steamed. In a leaf. In a leaf or in foil or whatever they had available. Mm. That that was what was available, and they made it good. Mm -hmm. They made it really good. Okay. Greens. Mm. We use komatsuna. And Japanese use komatsuna. Like most folks in America do collards, kale, mustards, turnip. They're available here, but yeah, the health boom has made kale so expensive that why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) We use komatsuna because it cooks quickly, easily. It holds the flavor. Japanese cook komatsuna so many different ways, the same exact look and feel of what greens are. So it's something that they don't separate. They're like, they know that it's American food, but you go into Guma or someplace, they cooking greens too. Chitlins, Americans think, Japanese don't eat chitlins, do they? Check horumon. Horumon motsu. Like, there's so many similarities in foods that are used that people don't realize 
we all human. We find what we need to eat. Yeah. Absolutely. What we want to yeah. eat. Yeah. What's left over that we going to make real good to eat. <laughs> yeah, there was a stereotype about chitlins uh, that only black people ate chitlins, you know, when I was growing up, white people. Because I asked white people, hey, man, why don't you try some chitlins? My white friends, they'd be like, no, 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 only you black guys eat. Then I come to Japan. Then I go to Korea. <laughs> then I go to Thailand. I was like, man, everybody loves chitlins, man. Um, working, I love chitlins in Japan because class oh I love it one no red box mm. <laughs> <laughs> no sitting outside having to reclean them yeah okay they they good yeah they are good <laughs> so how about yourself Mr Terry um, uh, where does hip hop come from all right. and house so first of all hip hop is from the Bronx New York City and hip hop started from marginalized people. It is a wait. It's a political movement started by marginalized people who were tired of being marginalized. Hip hop is a political movement that was started by marginalized people who were tired of being marginalized. Please remember this every single time you turn on the radio or radio. Did I say radio? Oh my god, I'm old. I'm old. You every too. time you listen to hip hop, if you listen to trap music, trap is a political music by people who are marginalized and they're tired of being marginalized. Okay. So in the Bronx in the 70s, the gangs were really, really bad. And uh a, f a focus slowly began began to shift. The gangs kind of got tired of killing each other, so the focus shifted from killing each other to the music. And from the music, the dances had already existed. The dances in our culture has existed in our culture since Congo Square, which is in your town. Uh, Congo Square, it, which was like uh, during slavery, every Sunday, the masses would let the slaves dance at Congo Square. The music existed before it was ever called hip-hop. Hip-hop is the movement that brought all of these things together. Um, just to skip, I know that's kind of a brief one. And to skip forward, house. House music is not a political movement. It is a celebration movement of the gay, black, and Latino people, and it started in Chicago. It is a celebration movement of gay, black, and Latino people that started in Chicago, and they went to the clubs to hear this music because it is what we would call now their safe space. Mm. And if you listen to House, even now, House feels like a safe space because that's mm. how it started. So that's my brief all right, that's, that's what's up. Came from. All right, yeah. So um, before we get out of here, uh, what's coming up for you guys? You got anything you want to promote? I know, I know you do. <laughs> so go ahead. I, I'm starting a new venture. Uh, hopefully, we'll begin next year. The name of it is called Machi Mix. Oh. Machi Mix is going to be a huge uh, food car lot. And more than that, it's going to be a creative space because where I live in Machida, there's lots of shopping, lots of shopping, lots of shopping, but no culture. And there's a lot of the, the towns off to the side outside of Tonai that are the same way. 
you can go shopping, you can go to a family restaurant, you can do all that stuff, but there's no culture. And people are wondering why young people are moving out of those places. Young, young people are moving out because there's no culture there. They need to find something that interests them. So my thing is I'm building this space for to attract people to the city, mm. foreigners, young people, uh, to come back to Machida. And it's going to come in the form of food, music, dance, and beer. <laughs> so right. Which equals the world peace. Yeah, that's world peace right there. <laughs> so beer is a, we going to talk after Beer is the second, so <laughs> second oldest drink in the world, so it got to be in there somewhere, right? <laughs> so we're going to put a plate of chitlins in front of Mr. Oh, Putin man. and Mr. Trump and Mr. <laughs> Kim Jong-un. And let them go at it. Yeah, let them go at it. So... <laughs> Uh, no, it's gonna, that'll be a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be in Machida. Uh, the well, plan is to have 12 chicken. food trucks. <laughs> and then there's going to be MySpace, which is the cafe, funny, cafe, vinyl record, beer bar. That's oh, going to be MySpace on the line. Uh, yeah, we should be getting started in 2020, hopefully springtime. Dope. Huh? Dope. Machi Mix. Machi, Machi Mix. Mix. How about Y'all you heard it? Machi Mix. Mr. David, you got anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Uh... Come eat. Well, I mean, of course, come to the restaurant. It's in the cool part of town, as Bujuban, where everybody is like, <gasps> I know, right? Everybody that's there just wants to live. I know. <laughs> everybody that comes wants to spectate. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're currently doing Latanya's Funky Cooking Show on Ego de Asobo. So you can catch us like early in the morning or that's on NHK. NHK. Okay. Eat that at. Okay. Eat that at. Right. And I don't know. There's some other stuff that I can't verbalize yet because it's not finalized. All right. Social media. Throughout your social media. Um. Handles. Do Soul Food House. Soul Food House. Soul Food House. <laughs> Soul Food House. All one word. Instagram. Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, for me, I have a few. <laughs> Brooklyn Terry EF, Instagram. Um, Machi Mix with two X's on Instagram. M-A-C-H-I-M-I-X-X on Instagram. And speakeasy T-Y-O dot official on Instagram. I didn't know uh, you were going to pull out. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook, I don't have to give you mine, but Facebook is speakeasy T-Y-O on Facebook. And same thing, Machi Mix with two X's on Facebook. All right, Check fellas. us out. Hey, are we going to have any uh, questions from the audience? Do you guys have any questions you'd like to ask? Are no. you curious? Catfish. Huh? Where do you get your catfish? Soul um, Food House, baby. Oh, where do you get your catfish? <laughs> it, it's important. Yeah, you got to catch them somewhere first, right? It's imported from Vietnam. We get it through our supplier, but like even Eon carries it, Gyomu Super. You can find it. Usually it's like tagged as Pangasius okay. in the stores. It's the best match of your right? Thank you. <laughs> so y'all could go there and shop for the catfish, but if you can't cook it as good as he can, you wasted your damn time. <laughs> Any other questions? You. Yeah, just ask some questions. Anything. Oh, without. Amazing, but we still, you know, no, we're getting, we're 
take the child a little bit older. We still got to make money. We still got to figure out things out. I, I totally uh, vibe with the entrepreneur thing and that weird, I don't know, the, the bad connotation. Yeah. If IT Silicon Valley, uh, okay, what did I say? That's a little funny. If IT Silicon Valley, but that's a new, that's, that's a recent thing. Actually, I don't think it's recent because if you grew up in the 80s, all of the entrepreneurs were like the getting rich is a great thing and stepping on people below you is well, even we better. That, we never had that word that made it almost yeah. like hustling. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diego, that's been around yeah. forever. An entrepreneur, I feel like, it's created almost a negative yeah. uh, feeling in the generation right now, particularly in the millennials, right? So if you say you're an entrepreneur, it, it's exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not a millennial by far, <laughs> and it still has a kind of a negative connotation because of where I'm from. Because right now, all of the um, I'm about to be very real. Mm. Buckle your seatbelts. All the baby. gentrifiers are entrepreneurs where I live, so it has a negative connotation for me because that means that if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I have to move you out so I can move in, and I don't want to be that guy. You know, I'm not going to, I do believe in capitalism in some forms, but capitalism doesn't have to hurt the other person. So that's why I feel like I do what I love and I live by this code of live and let live. So I do what I love and I do it in the best way possible as not to disturb your hustle, which is why I do things like Speakeasy is on a day when I don't, there's no competition Mm. And it's not hurting anyone else, and people can still function. And all the people that throw the big parties on Fridays and Saturdays, they end up at Speakeasy, which is kind of <laughs> dope. <laughs> Clever, my friend. Clever. Well, and so, uh, with that, like, so, like, Tokyo versus back home, man. Like, what, what gets the energy out here? Like, what inspires you out here versus, like, you know, back in the states? Being able to see people smile and talk to each other. Like at my restaurant, you can come in by yourself. You leave with three friends because I sat you in a crowded restaurant beside somebody right beside you. You go, oh, shoot, what's on your plate? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And then you just start talking to the person and it becomes a conversation, not just I'm here, I'm going to eat, I'm going to leave. And that was that. And for me, it's really similar, even t- to be honest. Like, Speakeasy's uh, slogan is tell a friend, bring a friend, make a friend. Yeah. Like, we've been saying that literally since the beginning because our, I found that going to parties that were all Japanese, um, first of all, if the DJ is Japanese, they will have a 99.999% Japanese audience. If the DJ is a foreigner, most likely most of the people there. Except Sarasa. Except Sarasa. (laughs) Because Sarasa, she's not really Japanese. I'm just joking. Shout out to Sarasa. (laughs) So if you go to a foreigner's, like a foreign DJ, most of the people that come are foreigners, right? So I wanted to create this world where it's mixed. So my idea was to have myself, a Japanese DJ, who was a guy who was DJ Congo at the time, and then Sarasa Congo dropped out, and me and Sarasa stayed. But we wanted to keep this idea of the cultures should mix. Mm. The cultures should mix. If you go, if I go to a party with all Japanese people, most of the time they stand and stare at the DJ in this strange little like I'm in a hypnotic Trance, state thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes the foreign people, the 
especially my Brits and Australians, mm. wild out too much. They get Slightly. too drunk and act too stupid. So the foreign side makes the Japanese side relax a bit and have and open up. And the Japanese side makes the foreign side chill the fuck out. <laughs> and what children do in the party makes everyone party responsibly. Mm, because yeah. kids are there and kids are having fun. So people tend to like, oh, wait, I can't get too drunk because there's a seven-year-old right there. So <laughs> as Baye drinks his beer. So, <laughs> so the I so the idea was that what makes me happy and what motivates me is getting people to open up and uh, open up on the Japanese side and re have more respect on the foreign side because you know mm -hmm. foreigners kind of feel like everything is temporary sometimes, yeah. So that that's what gets me too much sometimes. Too much. Any other questions out there? Persistence beats resistance. I think that is one of the most common questions. It's like, how did you wind up opening a business in Japan? It was like, I don't know. I don't know, but so there's no formula. There's no formula. There, there's not a strict formula for it, but if you don't have passion for what you want to do, you're going to close. <laughs> You're gonna stop. <laughs> um, yeah, persistence beats resistance. Like, mm. yeah, for real. Like, it, it's funny. Like I said earlier, so many people told me that it wasn't possible. Well, I've had people give me money and say, "Oh, it's not going to open." Yeah, but here's like, some money. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but just ignore that. Like that's the best thing. Ignore everyone. If you have this idea and it is in your head and it's in your heart, then no matter nothing that anyone else tells you really matters because once it's there and it's here, then the drive is going to happen, and you just keep driving, and it's not, not going to be easy. That's the thing. A lot of people come into it. Like, oh, yeah, that's going to be great, and I'm going to be super famous, and I'm going to be move really fast, and that's just not going to happen. But mm. I think that's where that's what people think the explanation is going to be. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't that difficult. No, me and my wife are like, how'd you do it? Struggle. Yep. It's just like marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's just like marriage. Like, it's a constant balance game. <laughs> the truth of it is you can't sugarcoat it for him and be like, oh, yeah, you just do this, this, and this. Like, no, you better ask every question you think you might want to ask and the questions that you don't know you need to ask, you need to ask somebody that's done it because <laughs> yeah. people will take your money and not tell you what you need to know, and you will close, and they will have your money, and you will have nothing. Yep. Mm. Except I tried. So, <laughs> okay. Um, the reason I came, because these two brothers. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. These two brothers talking about what exactly what they're talking about. Mm. Because in my mind, I was thinking there's a strong connection between soulful and hip hop. Mm. They're both kind of derivatives. They kind of, they come, 
they take they make they built something from nothing. Yeah. Basically, you take the the, the ingredients that the the, the master didn't want to eat, and you create something. You take the oh. music, you know, samples yeah. from you yep. know, yeah. particularly the music. You take samples of that really work, you know, the yeah. hottest part of the album sometimes, and you turn it into hip hop. Yeah. You know, so basically, hip hop is soul food. Yep. <laughs> yeah. For your, for your soul, ears. Your yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm. I said, wow, I gotta hear these types talks. I just want to thank you guys for coming out and sharing your knowledge and sharing your experience. Thank you, Big Brother Bae. Appreciate it. Coming from Big Brother Bae. That's right. The author, the lecturer. Thank you, On One, for uh, featuring us. Thank you, Alpha Alpha Beta Coffee Club, for hosting this event. ABC. This place is awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you, Brooklyn Terry. Thank you. Thank you, David Whitaker. And homies. thank you for the lovely audience thank, out here. Thank Give you yourselves too. a round of applause because y'all deserve it for putting up with, especially my bullshit. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. But I, I just want to say that I, I didn't want to leave without saying this, that so our podcast, basically, we want to highlight the international community in Japan, right? Um, you know, Japan is such a beautiful culture. You know, there's the temples and, and the shrines and all of that stuff. But we, I, I felt like I, I started mingling in the international community, and I felt like we 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 need more we need more attention. We need more light on this community because I, I think you know when you're watching Japanese TV, you don't really learn about us and mm. all the things that are bubbling in the, in, in the international community. The startups, there's there's people doing a whole lot of interesting things, and that's what I try to do with the podcast. I, I get people on from all walks of life, um, straight, gay, male, female, doesn't matter. Um, we, we just want to highlight people doing great things in the community and be recognized. Absolutely. And ho- hopefully, you know, the podcast will keep growing and, and getting as out we- there. As we used to say, we ain't talking those sushi temples and shrines and shit. So if you wanna, if you wanna listen to our podcast, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna talk about that stuff. Even though I love sushi temples and shrines, but we don't talk about that. And also, it's the inspi- inspiration that the international community offers to people outside. Some people, like for example, Big Simp plays pro basketball in Japan. You know how many guys make it to the NBA out of all the hundreds of thousands of guys that go to college to play basketball and less than 1% of them make it to the NBA. But that won't kill your dream. You could come to Japan. You could go to Italy. You could go anywhere and be live your dream as a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Some people started their music careers here in Japan from other countries. Yes. You know, and these two gentlemen right here, you know, they're examples of it. So the international community, you guys need to give yourselves a big round of applause because you are inspiring people whether you know it or not. So we just we just, we just want to highlight that in our own special way. Yeah, no, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. This is uh, Jimmy uh, from you. On One. Job, appreciate but, uh, you, Jimmy. You know, no, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. I think we had a, an awesome evening. Didn't really know what was going to happen with the, with the live podcast, but I think the energy was amazing. Having the conversation out in the open is fantastic. And there's just one thing I wanted to go uh, close off with, if, yes. if it's all right. Um, you know, there, I think On One is the same. I think these guys, uh, you know, Soul Food House, um, Speakeasy, thank you, sir. <laughs> I was going to say Terry, but I was <laughs> Terry and Speakeasy and his whole crew. You know, it's really about uh, inclusion. Yes. And one thing that I think that might get misinterpreted a lot in Japan is when we say international, that's inclusive of Japan. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And there, there is something exactly. that, I don't know where it went wrong, but that international does not include Japan. 
And I think that's something that we're all trying to uh, fix. We are because we, we have mm. had Japanese on our podcast, and yeah, so yes, we, and that please includes go through Japanese. It. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blasting through the podcast as well. It's fantastic. Uh, but you know, even in all of our communities, uh, there are people from all walks of life. From the, I mean, I don't want to go hierarchical, but you know, from yeah. all walks of life, yes. uh, from all countries, mm. from all tastes, from all flavors. And uh, there was a post that uh, Speakeasy made recently that. Uh, it's not good vibes only. It's all the vibes. Mm. Yes. And it's all inclusive. And, and I really just want to say it again. International includes everyone. It does. It is not inside, outside. It is not this style of food, this style of music. And once you realize that you're part of the whole, some amazing things happen. I think that's what we're all creating Absolutely. together tonight. Exactly. It's fantastic to see uh, the community coming together. Uh, I think something is bubbling recently in, in Tokyo. It is. Uh, yeah, I feel around it. Japan. Yeah. And, yeah, finally. Yeah. Thanks for putting the, the legwork in. I'm just gonna, <laughs> we're just going to swoop in and take the cream off the top. But <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Uh, it's, been, it's really great. I can't wait to do this again. Yes. We'll make sure it happens. And uh, thanks so amazing to our Jimmy! amazing host, ABC and Jigaoka. Alpha Beta Coffee Club. Thank you. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, that, that's it from our, my side. So That's it. That's it. All right. Thank you all. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com. Or you can head straight to Google and type in Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.